Let's talk a little bit about what you shouldn't do in an interview. We're going to talk a lot about what you should do, but let's talk about what you do not, you should not do, because that kills your chances. And, you know, you're going to say, oh, I know what not to do. I can't tell you how many times people do things that just blow up their chances, jeopardize the chance of getting it, will be never wanting to be seen again in that company. They'll like put, put a warning sign. Do not bring this person in for interviewing. Here, here's some of the things that you should not do. One, no particular, I'm going to give you some numbers, but no particular. The hiring managers, HR people, talent acquisition, interviewers, they're human beings. Believe it or not, they are. I've seen them, they're human. So they're human beings. They have the same things that we do. When you give them times for interviews, that would be July 5th at 7.30 in the morning, on a holiday, long holiday weekend in the summer at 5.30. You get where I'm coming from. These off times, or we're speaking today, October 31st, I think that's what it is. Okay, December 3rd, Tuesday at, at uh, 4.38. What? You want to make their lives easier. I get if it's a hot job market and employees are in demand, you can call the shots. But in this market, you, you got to play ball. By playing ball, you, you, you want to work with them. Does it mean you have to bend over backwards? I'm not saying that. But I am saying is... They're human being, and we know what they're thinking. Do they want to get on super early calls, late calls, Friday late afternoon calls, Monday morning early calls? No. You want to understand what would make their lives better. In fact, when offered a time to interview, and let's hope, and for this conversation, let's hope that they're going to be more in-person interviews eventually, so we'll incorporate that too. So when they say to me, let's, 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 Ask them, hey, what works best for you? What times days work? How can I work around your schedule? So they, that act alone is then they would appreciate it. That simple, simple statement is going to make them look at you with a halo effect. Like, oh, Jack's really considerate of my time. And they're going to make a mental note of it. Are they going to hire you for it? No. But would they at least feel, hey, he's being considerate? And understanding that I don't want to have to get on a call first, you know, 7.30 in the morning or on a Monday or 5.30 on a Friday. That the work, that's fine. If you're coming into an interview, it's really bad for me if you come in late. Things happen. Come in late, but don't apologize or say anything. Because it's not just the interviewer, it's a whole chain of events. If you're going to meet with maybe the interview and two others, it's going to back everybody else up. Plus, the receptionist who's waiting for you, expecting you to lobby, you're not there. Then when you come in late, you have to go through the security and it takes a while and everything gets messed up. And the interviewer is kind of looking at his or her watch. Where is he? Where's the person? And if you come in and then this, and I got to tell you, what I'm sharing, a lot of this happens in real life. I've seen this again and again. Not one-offs, but all the time. Then the person comes in 15, 20 minutes late, does not apologize, does not say they're sorry, does not give an excuse, sits down, plops their bag on the, on the, on the conference table that they're going to have a conversation, puts 
their coffee down. So then you know part of being late is they stop for coffee. And I, okay, I get it, but at least can you bring me a cup of coffee too? Or text me, say, do you want one? Do you do it? That really irritates is probably not the strong word that I would probably think that they have. It irritates them because it's just, it drives people up a wall, interviewers. And that same person usually forgets to shut their phone off. And their ringtone is probably some annoying music, maybe some really inappropriate rap lyrics. And then your, the interviewer is like looking at the person, really? Come on, you can't, you can't get your act together to come on time. You can't have the courtesy to explain there was traffic, something happened. I think everyone would explain it. Everyone would accept that. Because not only accept it, sometimes it's a good icebreaker. Um, being in Manhattan, because this happens all the time, you know, going across traffic, you're not gonna believe, and weird stuff happens. Hey, we're on the train, all of a sudden someone got sick, they had to stop the train, then get everybody off the train in the tunnel, get out of the tunnel, go upstairs, go, then have to hail a cab or get an Uber to come over, and then the interview is no, only a psychopath would make up this kind of story, but then again, it's kind of a New York type of story. So they're like, oh, okay. And all of a sudden you're bonding on stories of getting trapped in trains and all the nutty things that happen in New York. So you could actually not only apologize and explain, but use that as a way to kind of form a bond as opposed to coming in, not saying anything and just pretending like you're not 15, 20 minutes late and inconvenience everybody. So we wanna make sure you give reasonable times and when you show up, show up on time, and if you can't give a reason why you're not showing up. When you're in the interview, let's say it's a Zoom type of call, you test everything first. There's nothing more frustrating when you have an interview that was scheduled two weeks in advance, and you get on the call, your phone is glitchy, not working, and you say, oh, I get, I'm not getting a good reception in this room. The lighting isn't working because of the interviews. Well, you had two weeks to check out your phone in the room you're going to use. Why didn't you check it out? I don't get that. Why didn't you do some troubleshooting? So then they're not like, oh, oh, I guess your phone's not working. They're thinking, gosh, you're so inconsiderate. You had two weeks to, chant, to make phone calls to people in different parts of your house to see what works. You had two weeks to play around with the video to make sure it's not glitchy and it connects. So make sure all your technology works and test it. Just because it worked two days ago doesn't mean it's gonna to work today. Check it, make sure you're checking it. When you're having a conversation, you wanna listen when the other person talks. You wanna make eye contact, but not too creepy eye contact. You wanna nod your head when they're talking, show they're talking. A little kind of trick is to use their name, say, oh, so Jack, and then you say something. Don't use it too much, because then that's kind of irritating, but you throw it in there. Because it's one of those things when they mention your name, it gets the person to focus more. Another thing is you kind of want to mirror what they're saying, and you want to reframe it. So what you're saying, interviewer, you're looking for somebody who has one, two, three, four uh, types of experience. Well, that's really interesting, Jack, because I have one, two, three, four, and I also have five and six, which I noticed on the job description. So that's a good thing to say. Bad thing is where you don't make eye contact, you forget the hiring manager's name, 
And you're gonna you're gonna laugh and say that doesn't it happens. And I'll tell you, I, it happens to me sometimes where I have a mental block, and like oh my god, I feel really awkward. So take notes. You write it. So I write things down just in case. You you want to make the eye contact. So if you're not making eye contact, you're not engaging them. You're not giving any visual cues. That's whether in person or online to show that you're engaged in the conversation. This is important to you. You're trying to cultivate a relationship. So if you're, if you're kind of looking away, if you're looking at your watch, if you're getting distracted looking around, if you're fiddling with something on your desk, or you're taking notes and you think, oh, they're going to like that I'm, I'm sitting here taking notes instead of talking to you. Now that's kind of annoying. They want you to talk to them and have that conversation as opposed to being distracted and like, what is this person taking notes about? That's really awkward. So you want to be in the moment, in the moment. And by in the moment, meaning there's nothing else that exists for whether you're in person or you're doing an online call that the interviewer or hers are the most important people in the world. You want to hear everything they say. A big thing that people do that turns off interviewers is they talk over them or interrupt them. Now, could there be people who are interviewers who talk to them? Of course. Can they ramble on? Of course. But it's their ball game. So if you let them do that, doesn't mean you have to cut them off and be rude or interrupt them. Let, let them go. Because sometimes I find the more people talk, the more they feel engaged. And it's this thing where I'm talking to Jack a lot. I must like Jack because I'm talking a lot and sharing a lot of information about the job. So sometimes it's good to let them keep going. And the more they spend time on it, the more they convince themselves. I like this candidate and I must like him because I keep talking and telling about the company and all the good stuff we're doing. So give room to do it. And if you step on their toes and interject, you're going to ruin that vibe. You're going you're to ruin that flow where everything was going your way. When they ask you questions, ask questions, you, you don't want to beat around the bush. Because if they ask you a point, it's not like a politician where you expect that's going to happen. They ask a question and they give a different answer and you're like, uh, typical politician. Well, you're a candidate. If they're asking you and you don't answer it, they're going to assume you don't do it, you didn't do your homework, and you don't know about what I'm asking you and you should know about it because this is mission critical for the job. Which leads to another, another point. You have to come prepared. You can't just show up. You need to do a lot of homework because if you don't do the homework, they're going to spot it. They're going to tell. And it's really irritating and a turnoff if you don't know certain core things, if you don't know their biggest product, if you don't know the most recent news that came about them, if you don't know a big change within the industry, they're going to just think you're not smart, you're not intellectually curious, or you just don't care and you're just here for a job. So you want to make sure if you don't, know these things, come in unprepared, that, that's not a good look. It's, you also want to avoid when they ask questions to give, not only is it bad to avoid the question, but you don't want to over talk. Person, an interviewer, hire manager can ask a question. You want to be precise on target with your answer. If you start going around in circles, going off on tangents, getting lost in the weeds, you're going to lose your audience. 
they're, gonna, they're just going to feel this person isn't focused. They're going to presume you really don't know your stuff because if you did, you'd give a direct answer and not start talking about different things. So you want to practice a lot before the interview. Think of the questions that will be asked. Role play the answers. Because if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're asked these questions and you just can't give them a direct answer, that's, that, that's it's a warning sign to them. That's a flag. Why can't you just answer a simple question? And if you start wandering around, and we've all seen that in the conversation, just the interviewer like, where are you going with this? I don't even understand. It's going to drive them up a wall. I know when you're interviewing, come on, let's be frank. Big thing is the title, the money, the job requirements, the advancement, the benefits, the vacation. So this is a game. If you lead with how much am I going to get paid? What's the salary? How many days off do I have? What kind of benefits? What's the 401k? Do I get stock options? That doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't work out well. I know you want to know that and you should know that and you need to know that, but it's a dance. You, you, you want them to like you first. If you just launch into, hey, do I get stock options? Do I get four weeks vacation? What, what, what are you going to pay me? When can I become a vice president? Now, you know you want to know these answers, and they know you want to know these answers, but they want not, it's like in a date where you don't say you want to get married right away. Let's they're getting to know each other. So you can bring it up, but that comes a little later. You want them to like you first. You want them to know you first. You're kind of reeling them in and how great you are. How, how your skills are relevant for the job, how your background makes sense for the job, why you'd be a good fit, why on a person-to-person basis there seems to be chemistry. When that happens, more likely they'll tell you about it. Because what happens if you go to the interview, instead of showing up late, instead of giving really bad times, instead of interrupting, instead of putting your coffee cup on the table, instead of shutting off your phone, you actually go there and listen to when they ask questions. Make eye contact, nod, mirror what they're doing, reframe, reframe what they're saying so it shows you're listening. Let them talk. Let them kind of share their thoughts. Here's a little thing, not just in interview, but in life. If you let people talk and let them talk long enough, they're going to tell you what they're really thinking. Now You're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're not going to believe that. Trust me, try this in your personal life. When you speak to people, ask what they call open-ended questions. That means a question you can't say yes or no to, where they have to talk. And then as they're talking, if you ask more open-ended questions and more, they're going to like to talk because they, they feel that you're really listening and you care what you have to say. And then they'll start, they're going to, they're going to say what they really feel. And then your antenna will go, okay, cool. And it could be good or bad. but. More often than not, they're going to show their true self and their true feelings. So let them talk. Bring it out of them. And then, the, as I said before, the more they talk, the more they're going to be invested in the conversation because they're going to be thinking, I've been spending 20 minutes talking to Jack. I must really like him because otherwise, why would I spend 20 minutes with a person I don't like? So you're buying Then, here's the big tell. If you do these things, if you avoid the rookie mistakes, coming in late, being rude, interrupting them, giving bad times, interrupting them, having faulty phones, have, have 
online videos that don't work on your end, if you avoid those rookie mistakes and instead engage positively, you'll see that they'll start coming to you with, well, how do you feel about the job? Would you be interested? Do you think you could do this? You know, we were thinking that it would be a VP level. Is that okay with you? Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware if HR told you, but there will be stock options involved with this. Oh, by the way, did HR mention or anyone mention before that there's five weeks vacation? They'll come out with that. So the thing is this, avoid the pitfalls that people fall into. And those are forced errors that people make. Because you don't have to give dopey times. You don't have to interrupt. You don't have to be rude. You could come in on time. You can make sure everything works. You don't have to interrupt somebody. You don't have to take notes while and, and, and not pay attention while they're talking. But if you change that and do all the things right and listen to them, make eye contact and, and maybe give some polite nods when they're talking, use their name. Say, Jack, thank you. That was a very interesting point you made. Huh? Hey, Jack, so you mentioned you really want to find somebody who's proficient in a, B, C, and D, that's perfect because I'm, I'm not only proficient, I'm well-versed in A, B, C, and D. I've been doing that for the last 10 years with my company and I excel them. That's what's so exciting about this role. Oh, fantastic. That's great. By the way, we have stock options. We have a great vacation where there's a gym in the building. Although now because it's COVID, you have to you know, set up an appointment and squeeze, you know, use the sanitizer and everything. But it, it's a whole different world. It's a whole different world. And this is one of the things, sometimes in an interview you can't change it. We talked earlier about how technology has really taken over the whole interview job search process and is very cold and humane. You can't change it, you, gotta, you can work around it. You gotta find workarounds. With this, these are forced errors you're making yourself. And those could be, those could be changed. And a lot of it has to be, just be thoughtful. Just be considerate and thoughtful. Um, I know what happens. Life gets in the way of things and you get distracted and you're late or something happens or you have things going on where you could only make these weird times. So if that happens, get in front of it. Think of the difference between saying you want to interview, call at 7.30 in person in the morning or 5.30 on a Friday. Would people do it? Yes. Depending on the industry, would they do it? Yeah. But did they want to do it? No. And since you know that, but let's say that's the only times you have, explain why. Explain why. Then say, I know I've given you some times that seem arbitrary and not the best times. It just so happens that here's what's going on in my life and in my work that these would be helpful if you're okay with that. So then at least, all right, he gets that he's giving burdensome times, but gave a really good explanation for it, and I understand and I empathize, and okay, I, I'm not only will I do it, I'm happy to do it, because I can see the person really wants the job, and they have a very rational reason for it, so I respect that they're being open and honest about it. You see how that's of a difference? You come in late, you explain, hey, this is what happened. The train got stuck, and we had to depart, you know, get off of it, and, and, and get on the rails and then go up and oh my god it's crazy New York story okay it's way better than just coming in all a hot sweaty mess and not and shaking their hands again we're, we're, we're imagining a world where this is going to happen and they're like what Ew, this is gross what's up you told a good story and you created a bond so 
focus on the things that you could avoid doing wrong. And this way, and focus on the things you could do right to ingrate yourself with the interviewers, put yourself in a good light, and increase your chances of getting that job. Thank you very much.